What happened when you were in fourth grade and you went out into the watch the night sky in Vegas? I took a trip to uh, Area 51 to go UFO hunting. I was basically along for the ride while my friend got to reunite with his dad who he didn't live with and this was going to be an adventure that he was going to take us on. You know what we're going to do, kids? <laughs> we're going to leave Vegas and drive out in the middle of the desert and stare at the mountains at night, right? Like, okay, <laughs> crazy dad. <laughs> he um, had begun to prep us in this way of like, what we're going to see is going to change your lives. You know, there's stuff that's going on out there that will blow your mind. We uh, arrived at the Little Ailey Inn in Rochelle, Nevada, an outpost in the middle of the desert dedicated to UFO mythology. And the Little Ailey Inn is a double-wide trailer placked with newspaper clippings, phenomena, paraphernalia, and you can rent a room. The terrain is this. There's an infamous black mailbox that belongs to a farmer that shares land that borders Nellis Air Force Base. So we have a topographical map. We can see our location. We can see the mountain range in front of us and where the top of the mountain range should be it drops off into what's called Groom Lake. Groom Lake is where lots of people who have been whistleblowers of Area 51 said that the base was located. Right over the edge of this range, people had been witnessing these phenomena that were extraterrestrial or UFO-like. And it's a no-fly zone. There's no clouds out that night. It's crystal clear. There's a great glow coming from the other side of this mountain range. A glow as in huge stadium-type lights blasting into the sky. These were signs that were good, that you might see something. People said, that's it. You see the glow, you're good to go. Lo and behold, we start to see what look like jet lights in the sky. They're blinking. It was like, oh, there we go. That's it. They're testing some sort of jet, you know? The blinking becomes erratic, and then my friend sees another one way off. Oh, there's another two sets, right? So four lights. And then all kinds of weird things start happening. You know, I saw a shape, a silhouette of an M shape. It was one machine that was spinning or rotating that caused the lights to appear and disappear. And I was, I was scared. It's really windy out, really windy and cold. And I remember thinking, I have to endure this. It was one of these moments of physical stress that you wanted to push past. And this was the creepy awe moment. Within seconds, the entire sky was filled with them. I tried to count and lost count around 20. We have a pair of binoculars and I lock in on one. Okay, what's going on with this one? So I locked onto one globular of lights, and it disappears. Where'd it go? So I held, I held, and I'm waiting to see something. Lo and behold, but a little bit off, they came on, and ooh, it's over there. This thing is jumping miles in the sky, sitting in one spot, and then Like his dad said, he had told us earlier in that day, getting to see something's like hitting the jackpot in Vegas. And so here we are in fourth grade, we have no perception of money, that means nothing to us. But this is like an experienced jackpot. This is like the jackpot of knowledge. You know, my view of reality is the size of my fist, and now all of a sudden, it seemed infinite. 
you have to go. This is a must. Because I've taken every girlfriend I've ever had afterwards out there to explain who I am so that they can see how truly crazy I am and either accept me <laughs> or dump me. It's the great test. And are you single now? <laughs> yes, I'm single now. <laughs> Big thanks to Alexander Paul for sharing his story. It was produced by our own Rita Daniels, Mark Ristich, and Pat Masidi-Miller. 